place to have a party. Welcome to the Tea Party, the Hatmakers podcast where we connect with hatters from around the world. Talk hats and hat making to build the community and share tips and tricks to take your hat making to the next level. So sit back, pour yourself a brew and settle in because here comes the show. This episode of the Hatmakers Podcast, we're chatting with Matt Kiddo from Sierra and South. Matt is a custom hatmaker based out of London in the UK. A professional musician by trade, Matt has branched out into the world of hatmaking and draws from a wide range of influences, from Western couture to high-end fashion. His attention to detail and use of high-quality materials results in his beautifully finished, handcrafted felt and straw hats. So join me in getting to know Matt and widening our circle of friends in this episode of the Hatmakers Podcast. All right, Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, mate. <laughs> yeah, it was such a pleasure. Um, how about you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and where you're from? Yeah, uh, hi, my name is Matt Kitto. Um, I, uh, I make hats, if that was a surprise to anyone. <laughs> Why would we be on this show otherwise? And um, I, uh, my brand's called Sierra and South. I'm originally from London, that's where I live now. Um, I did a quick stint in, uh, in Sydney a few years back, <laughs> um, that's, how, that's how we first met. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, really happy to, to be invited on this. It's a really good thing you've got going on actually. I um, feel like there's not enough hat makers talking to other hat makers. At the moment. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a pretty closed little loop. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching your work for a long time, mate, and I'm always really impressed. Um, yeah, and I wanted to have a chat, see a little bit more about who you are and your story. Yeah. So I'm curious, how long have you been making hats for? Um, I would say since since the beginning of uh, 2019, I would say. Um. It's, it's funny, isn't it? You, I guess you think back to there's there's maybe two stages. One, when did you first start making them? And one, when were they good enough that you maybe wanted other people to see them? <laughs> um, I uh, I think my the first hat I ever did, my mum still has somewhere. I made it. I specifically made it for her because I thought that was you know the right thing to do, and um, <laughs> she's got it somewhere gathering uh, I've actually never seen her wear it out curiously so maybe <laughs> she's worn she's worn subsequent ones since but that first one I don't think ever made it out of the house but I said that um yeah so it was around 20, 2019 when I first started yeah and how did you get inspired to start um I I studied music at university and uh, I graduated back in 2014 and then from there, I was, uh, I was drumming. And um, so I went off on tour afterwards, after I graduated, did that for, for a, few, a few years. And um, I guess I was just around people wanting those stage outfits, you know, to perform in. They wanted those like special, whether it was a jacket or, or a pair of boots or a hat even. 
they wanted those special one-of-one -one things to, to be on stage with. So that's, that's like one half of it, getting into that realm of seeing what people were wearing. And, and I've always been into clothing and, and one-of-ones and all that business as well. And, um, and I just thought maybe there's something there. Maybe I could provide something as well for people to feed my creative making mind um, that you have as well. <laughs> and a lot of us have one here. We, we just, we, we have to make stuff, you know. Um, and, uh, and then twin with that in, in the UK, we've got a really big, rich hat history. Um, and it's, it's really interesting cause it's, it's different to your, you guys over there, your hat history, U S is hat history as well. They're, they're all, they're all really different. They have similarities, but I think for us, um, we've got this almost, I don't want to say, I don't want to say, um, it, it's a bit, the hats that we had back in the day were a bit, um, bland for my taste. Maybe like you put them on, you know, the, the, the you put them on with your coat in the morning and you go out and you'd wear a hat with your suit and you'd go off to work. And that's what our, that's what people see our hat history as, um, the majority of it. So I, I kind of felt because I was here, I wanted to bring the stuff that I'd seen out on the road and, and in other countries playing music. I wanted to bring it back here and, and kind mm. of put, put, mesh the two together. Um, so our, our history here and, 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 other, and what I'd seen elsewhere and, and try and make something of it really. Yeah, the English history seems to be more like an upper class thing and everywhere else is more of a working class that's, yeah, that's type style of hat. 100%, 100%. And like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, in the US, it's, you know, cowboy culture for want of a better phrase. Um, you know, they're wearing those hats for, for, for being outside for 12 hours or whatever. Um and yeah, we, we would uh, <laughs> put our coat and take our umbrella and go out the door and sit on the bus to work with our hat on, maybe, I don't you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, totally different. <laughs> so did you have a background in textiles or, uh, um, or not fashion design or anything? Not at all. My, um, my parent, when, I, when I first started doing this, I think I remember my mum saying that she couldn't really believe I was doing it because I couldn't sew a straight line on a sewing machine when I was at school. Like we had a couple of, I remember we had a couple of classes, um, in, uh, in high school and we'd have to make like, um, a pocket on a, on an apron or a, or a cushion cover or something. And it was just to get us like introduced to, to that world that alongside, you know, um, cooking or whatever. I'd, yeah I, she was like you couldn't even make like the simplest of pocket on a on a thing like how the hell are you doing this um so yeah no, nothing in the realms of sewing or or yeah or fashion I didn't yeah I didn't study it or anything but I think um in terms of like I, I really enjoyed woodworking at school actually um although I never took it past high school I always really enjoyed making you know, th things out of, I remember I made like a stroller, like a, um, walking aid for my, for my little nephew and stuff like that. So I always enjoyed that side of it, but I suppose that's kind of where it starts and ends. <laughs> yeah. So how did you learn how to make hats? 
Um, there, so there's YouTube is your friend a little bit, I suppose, back back then. <laughs> um, I definitely tried to look up as much as I could online to see, you know, the tools that were needed. Um, I had a couple of friends in London that had dabbled a little bit. They had one, this one friend of mine had one block in his size and he'd been, he was in the fashion world and he would just, he would just find old hats, strip them to nothing and then re-block them in his size. Um, so there was, there was some techniques there that, that I picked up from him. Um, yeah, a lot of it was, was, was online. A lot of it was trial and error. Like I'd try and find, I'd go around his house and I'd try and find a, a felt and we'd, we'd try and do stuff there and it would always kind of end up a little bit, um, you know, <laughs> not fit for purpose, but, um, it's, it's a funny experimental Say again. Experimental. Yeah. Yeah. Some dodgy sweatband sewing. Or whatnot. Um, before, yeah, not even like proper sweatbands as well, just this funny bit of leather that I'd found and try and stitch it around the, around the inside of that. Um, but uh, I think that, that it's an interesting point because there's really not, from, from my finding, there's not a lot of places to learn this craft unless you're mm. maybe lucky enough to, to get an apprenticeship from some, from some old timer in the US maybe. I don't know how I don't know your experience of of maybe people coming to you and asking for for advice nowadays or if or if they can you know apprentice you for a week I've definitely had that recently some people asking me but it's yep. you know it, it is quite closed isn't it Yeah it certainly seems so hmm. Have you been able to help anyone along the way in their journey I did um uh, last summer we we have a London London Hat Week, <laughs> which which some which not many people um, are aware of, but it's been going for like it's been going for like at least five years, maybe five or ten years now in, in the UK, and it's a whole week dedicated to millinery and and hat making, and they asked me to do a couple of classes last year. Um, it was the first time they'd had someone from from our realm of of hat making do something I think I, I suppose because there's so few of us in the UK I think mm. I think there's um this this is probably not correct but the last time I I looked there was maybe maybe five or six of us in the UK that, yep. that are doing it um maybe a few more popped up since then but so they'd never really had anyone to to come down and and show that what they can do um so I ended up doing a, a an in-person and an online class where we just I would I block a hat I then um do you know what blue peter is the the program that we are mm -hmm. oh, it was like a kids program back in the day and they'd make something and then they'd start and then they'd pull out another one saying here's what I made earlier and it would be like half finished oh, yeah. just for time purposes yeah. I was like well I can't <laughs> block a hat and then just wait for you know 24 hours for it to let it to dry yeah, so I'd, just, I'd pull out another one from under the desk and then and then we'd uh I'd, I'd put the sweatband in and then we'd like shape it and I'd talk about the, the, all the techniques and stuff. So that was really, that was really fun. Actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, showing other people what, what goes into it in an hour and a half, you know, it's quite difficult, but I really enjoyed showing people. And, and since then people have contacted me saying, I'd really like to come down for the, for the day 
to the studio if possible and and go a bit further which i mean i'm i'm all for i'm not i'm not one of those people that's going to keep the secret going you know yeah. this is um it's a bit it's it's arguably a dying art i suppose in in comparison i know it's on the endangered craft list definitely in the uk mm. i don't i don't know about, about elsewhere but you know, for for that reason, I feel like we we kind of have to show people that are willing to learn um, that, that what's what's involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It certainly seems like it's making a bit of a resurgence now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd, yeah, you must see it all the time. But there's definitely people like popping up on Instagram, like new hat makers that then follow follow you know all the the, the current makers um yes. ready to learn but you know we're, we're like we're putting up reels and, and videos and stuff on instagram of how we do things and yeah uh, it's, it's if you can work it out from there pretty yeah. easily <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't mean we're all gonna end up with the same thing at the end right like yeah. you know if you put like five of us in a room and gave us all the same felt ribbon sweatband we'll all end up with something different yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's the that's the that's the best part of it, really. Mm. Yeah. So, so what were some of the obstacles that you had to overcome to get to where you are now? Um, I think um, in terms of in terms of like the tools that were needed and and the supply of materials, especially starting out, um, I don't think I realized how. Um, expensive it was to start um and also the avail the red, red, readily availability of products such as like the blocks um the felt bodies the sweatbands um we've got some really good stores in the uk for ribbon and old school trimmings and stuff like that There's some really good haberdasheries here but in terms of the felt bodies that that I wanted to use that, that we use similar, similarly, the Western weight, the, the 180 plus, you know, it's, mm. it's just not available in the UK. Um, and I think that going back to like our hat history, I think traditionally we did make, we did have those lighter weight fedoras that, you know, you'd, um, that we didn't need the heavier stuff, you know, it, mm. that wasn't, that wasn't for, for, for purpose. So, We've, we have some suppliers here that have, you know, like 110 to 160 gram belt, but it's just not, it's not heavy. It's not stiff enough for, for, for what we're doing. So I found that really difficult to try and find a company, especially starting off because it's, it, you know, they're not cheap. Um, mm -hmm. We know that, but we know we get them because they're the quality that we want and the quality that will make a hat last. So, but starting off, I feel, I feel for people now that, you know, they, um, I, it's, it's definitely an expenditure to, to start with. Um, yeah. 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 Are you sourcing yourself, uh, your felts from Europe or from the States? From, from, from the States. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've looked into Europe. Um, it's just not viable at the moment. I don't think in the volume that, that, that personally I'm doing. Um, yeah, I guess places like Fepsa and stuff like that, they they wouldn't go for people that are doing 
a lower amount per Quantity. month. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, so at the moment, excuse me, it, um, yeah, going from from the US, yeah, and so and sometimes and sometimes Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to uh, the hat makers in Poland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So are you? Are you um, are yours from the US as well? Am I right in thinking it's the plant in? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mostly uh, the US. There's two two guys over there that I like to work with yeah. when they have when they have stock available. I know it's the thing, isn't it? It's like it's like sh- it's like shopping for um, sneakers now, isn't it? You know when like the sneakers drop and everyone's like online ready to click the button for the latest sneaker. I just feel like sometimes it's like that, especially <laughs> if you want to try and get like a bone or a black felt. It's just like Christ, like, <laughs> it's be so quick on the buzzer. Yeah, you really need like a, a little uh, group where you can swap and, and trade between uh, hat yeah, makers. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's the thing. That like, there's, there's, as you said, there's, there's, there's two people that you like to work with. Um, they're we're probably talking about the same two, and that's kind of it, isn't it? Like, we're 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 quite limited, so everyone that's doing this is going to the same places, um, and yeah. that's definitely like another struggle i think maybe for for resource if we were doing denim i think it would perhaps be a different different story mm. um, yeah. have you worked with denim before i haven't i have a, a, a some good friends that um have a denim factory not far from where i live um they they produce their own denim they produce for other brands as well um so i'm i'm, I'm clued up on the denim world now from from those guys <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, denim and, and leather and all that. Yeah, <laughs> we're just yeah, we're all entwined. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious. Um, you're a drummer. What were you playing in a band, or were you doing some session work, or what was yeah, the story? Yeah, it was mainly that? it was mainly session work actually, um, which I quite enjoyed because um, the stress was off, I guess, in a way. You got you kind of got told where to be and when and when you were needed, and that was quite nice. You knew what you were doing um, without the stress of being in a collective band that was you know trying to make it you were just you already had your you already had your place and um and I start I the the longest stint I did was in like was in country music actually which 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 again kind of you know their their uh hats are at the heart of 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 all that um so Mm. that was really where that point where I started to notice more and more hats that looked a little bit better than what you would find just off the shelf on the high street. Um, right. So that, that, that definitely piqued my interest on, on what could be possible. Um, um, definitely, as I said, bringing it back here to, to this country. Um, mm. But, but you, you made it, was it, was it Drake White that you did a hat for? Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. to make a hat for him. Yeah. yeah. He's got some cool music. Yeah. Well, have, you, have you played drums for him? No. <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been full circle, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> mm. But yeah, definitely that, like that world. I, I really love it. And everyone in that, in that world is some of the nicest people that I've ever met. Um, did some hats for, there's a guy called Thomas Rett, another country artist. Um, but the guys in his band, they, they've got a few hats off me and they came to London back in March and we, we hung out and everyone's just, just really, just really friendly in that like genre of music. Um, I really, I really enjoy like being, being a small part of that world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I've noticed on some of your recent posts that you've got a little bit of a Western influence. Oh yeah, we do. I, I there was a, I picked up I picked up a um yeah the first hat was like an old like old beaten up cowboy hat in a really nice color, and it just looked really sad. It was in a vintage store. It just looked really sad sitting there, and and the sweatband had it was about a third of it left, and you know I just thought maybe it's time that I did a little. Uh, repro on 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 a few because the felts the felts speak for themselves like they're, they're old hats but the felts are so good still so i think that, mm. that that really tells you how the quality of the felts that we use for the for, for those hats um so i've been i've been stripping a few beaten up cowboy hats down to to nothing just to you know and then and then rebuilding them from there not not to not not to what they probably once were but just indulging myself a little bit and and just trying to make some some fun little bits from them, but um, yeah, yeah, I really yeah. It's n- yeah, it's nice to work with those vintage felts mm. too. And actually, that the, the one that the most recent one I put up was like a a raspberry color, I suppose. And it was actually quite interesting because I'd never I'd never worked with that color before. It's not it's not one that I, that I, is available from the from the guys that I go to. So it was actually quite interesting. I was almost sat. I was sat there for like half an hour, just thinking like what to what to do with it because it was just a color that I hadn't approached before. And I was like, "There's so like the possibilities for color combinations and stuff." It's, it was it tested me a little bit, but yeah, I ended up with some big old cowboy hat. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it turned out beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have a preference with like the types of felts you like to use? Um, definitely. I think that the lowest I'll go, um, for in terms of weight is, is I'll do 180. Um, 230 at the moment is what is, is mostly what I'm working with. 230 gram rabbit. Um, it's, it's really, I don't know for you yourself, but for me to get beaver felt is, is, it's almost like double what what, what the rabbit is for, for me. So by the time it gets yeah. to the to the to the customer, it's you know, which is fine. You know, getting up there in price. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, it, people people specifically want to be a hat. I'm more than happy to to make them one. But um, it, you know, <laughs> it is quite a, a drastic um, difference. Um, but I really I really enjoy working with the the Western weight rabbit. Um, it's also don't want to rub it in. I know, we, I know you live in paradise, but it's getting warmer here. So <laughs> finally, <laughs> um, so it's, it's straw season coming up. I, um, I, I really, I really enjoy working with Panama straw as well. Um, mm. Again, I think in this, we've got that sort of classic bleached white Panama hat that you see with the either a navy or a black ribbon. You know that that some dudes wear into the cricket match. It's um, it's it's taken over people's perceptions of what a straw hat is here. I think a little bit, or or even maybe just a big floppy wide brim hat that someone might wear to on their holiday. So I really like taking the Panama hats and and then, as you know, putting them into the style that that that, that we do and and showing that you can have a straw hat that doesn't need to look like this. 
it can, it can look like a grandpa hat. Well, yeah, exactly. Like they're all just yeah. It's that. It's when they bleach them as well. It really bothers me because it's like you can have this beautiful natural straw, or you can dye it into you know some really nice colors. Just like yeah, just like white mm. bleach straw. Yeah, not good. <laughs> yeah. I've never worked with straw before. Right. Um, how do how do you find it? I find it, uh, yeah, pretty pretty much the same. Um, they block quite similarly. Um, the I do in those cases use like the stiffening solution. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like I have to a little bit for the for the straw, especially if I want like a, a nice flat brim. Um, it does need a little bit of of the solution. Um, but and and also on the crown as well, it has a tendency to bounce back almost a little bit um, if you're trying to you know put the pinch in. So I, I, I do always tend to put a little bit of solution there, and then mm-hmm. when it comes to shaping it, it 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 stays a, a little bit easier. But um, I really dig them. I haven't the very first one I ever did. I thought that I could set it on fire the same way. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I ever thought that would work. Um, and then just and just went up and, and that was that was, yeah. that was <laughs> left with some ash. Yeah, it was just like the most singed thing ever. I was like, well, no one's gonna want that, are they? That's not gonna like protect your head very well, is it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely yeah, I've definitely taken a little blowtorch to a straw before, and that, I think they turn out really really cool actually. Yeah, I'm surprised you ever yeah. with straw. I really like them. I just haven't done it. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, what happens when you trim the brim? Do they do the edges fray a little bit or what? Yeah, what do you I, do um, to, to be honest, most of the ones that I've ended up doing for people have had that sort of distressed look anyway. So I've mm-hmm. suggested that you know we cut the brim and then maybe we'll we'll go out a little bit and you get the nice little frayed edge. And then I always do a running stitch about half a centimeter around from it so that it doesn't you know keep going. Fray yeah, too much. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but you can you could overwelt them, I guess, as well. You could steam them and then and then fold them under and then stitch round. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. Um, Blakesby. Yeah, I was literally. I was like, I'm sure <laughs> Blakesby could explain that way better than I could. Um, yeah. The king of overwhelming. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, or there's there's actually the the guy that I go to has two different sizes of of. Um, the uh, bodies so um there's like a there's a 10 centimeter one and by the time it's blocked i know that for like a 57 58 i'll get a pretty nice size brim anyway um so it doesn't need doesn't need to be cut but um i did one the other day where we we cut it and then i knew i was going to bind it anyway so but they, they they also pencil roll really nicely I think they, mm. they look they look really cool with a, with a big old pencil roll, and it had like a is it the Gus the Gus crown that's lower at the front and higher at the yeah it was it was yeah yeah so you ended up with a big old straw cowboy hat which is quite cool yeah. that's cool <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a little studio or are you working from home or do you have a, a workshop yeah somewhere? I have a a studio that's about. Um, 20, 20 minutes from where I live, which is quite nice, quite handy, so I can walk down there. I got it back in 2021. There's a, a company that take over um, older buildings and they transform them in. There's about 13 studios where I am. Um, you know, not, not, not too 
not too big by any means, but enough space for what I need. Um, and they're all the people that that come into these studios are all fashion and you know makers. So we they they try to get the same circle of people in that building. So we all you know we all understand what, what each other's doing and. You yeah. know, there's no one like that's pretty handy. Yeah, there's no one like selling sweets out of one of them or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but so we've got we've got someone, a friend of mine who's also got a studio there. She's a costume designer. So we, um, we've got someone else that works with denim. So it's it's quite it's quite nice because you can kind of bounce off people sometimes for for, for bits and pieces. Um, I did. Uh, the dream would be to have a nice little place out the back. Nice little yeah. studio or whatever, but um, yeah, I'll take I'll take the twenty minute walk at this point to, <laughs> for, for that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds nice. And do you collaborate with some of the other tenants um, in that collective? We've done we've done some of the we've I've lent like hats for shoots and stuff. But some of the for some of the people, if they've if they've got a new collection coming out, then they'll do a shoot and I've lent the hats to them or some of the. Um, I've actually found some really nice offcuts from some of the guys' um, material that they've used, and I've I've stolen that out of the offcut bit, and like I was like, oh, I use that for one of the hats. Cheers! <laughs> um, so that's always good. Um, but the but the build the company itself is and the building is like partly funded by our local uh, council, and they have their sort of fashion district, I think they call it. Um, so, mm-hmm. so so I think that that's that's definitely a positive so it's it's you know it shows that the council are willing to um to to get involved and and have places like this for for people like us (laughs) yeah Mm. Mm. and so what's your creative process like um i think it's different if it's if it's a custom hat then i really try and find out as much as i can about the person um, mm-hmm. we, I try and if they can, if they can come to the studio, I always suggest that they do, um, or we'll, we'll do a, a video call. I'll just try and find out even little things like that. They might not think have anything to do with a, with a hat. It might tell me a little bit about them that would inform maybe a color pairing that we go for or, or some little trinket that we could find um there was a guy that had a hat from me and i asked him what he did and he said oh you probably wouldn't believe me i said oh, try me and he was like oh i'm a pirate and i was like oh like as in <laughs> you dress up for like you know the i don't know those like renaissance fairs or whatever is that what you and you reenact stuff and he's like no 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 like we we go in, we go on ships and we go off the coast of countries and we dive down and we go to the shipwrecks and we get, you know, we pull up all the stuff that's been lost in shipwrecks and all that. I was like, geez, all right. So, and he's like, oh, we had like a Discovery Channel documentary made on us. And I was like, oh my God, that's, that's wild. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, fair enough. And so just from that story, I was like, well, what can we put on the hat that would maybe allude to that a little bit. So we got, I got some old like little anchor charms and we attached them to the, to, to the bow. And like the, I made sure the liner was gold. Cause I was like, well, the pirate's got to have his treasure, right? So you turn the hat open, <laughs> gold on the inside. So just, just little things like that, I think are what make 
a custom hat custom, you know, like that's definitely the, the biggest part creatively is, is, is doing bits that make that hat stand out to that particular person for sure. Mm. And do you do collections or ready to wear hats as well? Um, I've done, a, I do a few like the, the, those Western hats that I've revamped there, they'll be available. Um, I've got an event coming up in the summer that I, I know that I need to have some ready to wear hats for. Um, but it's, it's not something that I focus on too much. I think, I think sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes you'll maybe just be sitting in the studio and like, you know, do you know what? I really want to make this hat in that color and you'll just kind of start doing it for no particular reason. Um, and then it ends up either being a hat that you put on your own head or like, you know, you'll put it up to <laughs> see if anyone wants it. But, um, the I think for a while the prospect of a of a collection scared me a little bit. Um, mm. Maybe not not so much what it would look like, but I think earlier on it was put maybe perhaps putting that amount of money into a collection and you weren't sure if maybe anyone would would go for it. You know, like that's <laughs> that's it's it's a, it, you know it is it is a worry. Um, but as opposed to the custom side, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's set in stone. Whereas, yeah, I think collections are a, a bit trickier, um, but it's, it's still something that I'd like to do. Um, I've done some collaborations with other clothing companies or there's been some stores that wanted a, a, a few specific hats in a certain color, or they wanted this thing on them and to tie it all together. So, I've done bits like that, but again, that was knowing that the collection was already going to happen with that company or they, the store had already bought the hats and, you know, to, to put in there. Yeah. So I don't know. Have you, do you, you're, I mean, you're mostly custom, right? But I see that sometimes time that the ready to wear stuff will get put up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I usually just uh, make a hat in my size, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're all the same size when they're ready to wear. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, if I like it, I'll keep it. If not, I'll kind of put it up. Or, yeah. Um, I've tried to do a little collection before, but basically what I did was I just made one hat and I put, like, different trims mm -hmm. on it and just said, you know, this is available yeah. and, and then kind of you could order from that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a bit of a gamble, isn't it? A bit of an outlay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You did, oh, I mean, and I never know what size. I guess that's that people. Oh, well. yeah. What do you do? You make like a couple fifty sevens, couple fifty nines. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you did the. It was like a jungle. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was just something stupid to try. That's cool, you know. Yeah. <coughs> Yeah. I noticed that you do a lot of cool bows. I think maybe I was inspired by you actually. Do I do cool bows? Is that what I think I think you got one right now, mate. Really cool. <laughs> oh yeah, a little yeah. little tough number going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh yeah, that's that's like raiding that's the prime example of raiding the offcuts bin in the in the in the studio. Yeah. Um, don't tell too many people you might have like little people hiding. I know, out, I know. <laughs> trying to take your stash. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, I think it's, um, I think definitely this year 
I'd I'd like to do some more collaborations with other people. I think that's I think that's really what excites me rather than perhaps straight away going for a, a sole ready to wear collection. I think the, the yeah. excitement is doing it with with another maker, perhaps you know whether it's um, a textile person or a, remember the one that we did for a clothing company. We used their bandanas that they had as a starting point. So we knew that the bandanas were going to go around mm-hmm. the hat. They had these really cool like brass pin badges as well. Um, so it was quite, it was quite nice. So we knew what the design was going to be and we did them in three different colors. So it was, it was that was quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> nice, nice to work with, uh, fashion brands and they do some cool photo shoots. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I've noticed there's a, you've got a few cool characters on your page. <laughs> Yeah, I've got some some uh, some friends that are way cooler than me. That's <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, I had um, yeah. So Kimberly, who's on, who's uh, quite quite recently on my page. She's a tailor that lives not far from me. Her studio's not far, and I've always really liked her stuff. Um, so I just thought it'd be really cool for us to do a little shoot together and pop one of her suits with 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 one of the hats. I think we got some really good stuff. Um, mm. and then, uh, another friend of mine, Lou, who is a barber and, um, a, an author as well. He's like tattered from head to head to toe. And like, he's always wearing, he's just got the best wardrobe ever. I like, I don't know how he's collected all this stuff over the years, but he had like a, yeah. a pink zoot suit made. Um, and that went on the front cover of a magazine with, with one of the hats. That was, that was pretty rad to see that yeah <laughs> yeah he's got a really cool look for sure yeah and i remember go, like going we I, I went with him to do that shoot um for that magazine and he 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 wore the suit to to the shoot didn't didn't like change into it when he was there or anything and then we walked out afterwards and we went through a part of east london called brick lane which is pretty like eclectic anyway like it's where all the vintage stores are and it's a bit like rough and ready but in the best way and people were just like, even the people there were like, oh my God, there's this dude in a pink suit, like really, you know, yellow tie and a blue hat walking It was great. Yeah. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't do that. <laughs> so where do you draw your inspiration from with your, with your work? Um, I think it's, it's probably said by a bunch of people, but definitely, definitely where I live and where I'm from and that, that, that history that we spoke about earlier, but then, and then living, I found that when I was in Australia, I started to, the hats that I did there started to look a little different from what I've been doing before. So I think I was definitely drawing on a bit of inspiration from maybe the, the, the land that I was near, like the beach and stuff like that. I think that's for sure creeps in a a little bit. And I, I, Mm. I tried to bring that back as well because I wanted just something that maybe stand out a little bit to maybe some of the other people that were here uh, in the UK. I wanted that sort of that Western influence from going to America quite a bit. I wanted that influence from from, from where you guys are. Um, and then also the some recently some of the colorways that I've been looking at. I've been I'm I'm not a sneakerhead by any means, but. I found myself being drawn more and more into that world. There's like a couple of places near me where, you know, when they have the shoes that are like wrapped in the cellophane 
because they're like mm-hmm. 500 pounds or whatever. Um, but I've really been like interested in them and, and the colorways that they do for some of like the Nikes and the New Balance and stuff like that. So I've been trying to almost take some of those colorways and put them into the hats and kind of do like a an unofficial pairing with things, which I thought was quite mm. But yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I always found it crazy and so far removed from, from growing up here, then going to Australia and seeing how people grow up and where they live and the fact that people will, will like finish at like three and then they go to the beach afterwards and stuff like that. Like there's so, it's so crazy, it's so alien to me, but it's so, it's so wonderful that, you, that that's how people live. And especially like seeing where you, where you live as well, like that must have such a huge impact on, on, on your designs and, and how you approach stuff, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I'm inspired by so many people and I still can't seem to capture what it is that I want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, by so many things and I'd like to put it all in, but um, I'm not really sure. Do you think, you know, you, some. Yeah. I mean, do you think that like that sort of, your, from, from from my perspective and seeing your stuff on, on Instagram or, or whether it be when you post like a story or something like that, the fact that mm-hmm. you're like, it looks like you're in the wilderness that you are mm. surrounded by animals and nature and stuff like that. I feel like, I feel like that would have quite an impact on, on, on like the material or, or mm-hmm. maybe the patterns that you use and stuff like that. Um, you're probably just way healthier yeah. than we, than we are here as well. <laughs> <laughs> I get on the, I get on the tube like every day. That's just, that's not good for anyone, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. We're about 500 meters from the beach, and we kind of back onto like a forest. Mm. So, yeah, it's not too bad. But it's um, it's kind of depressing sometimes. You look out; it's a beautiful day, and then I walk downstairs into the workshop, and I'm there till it gets dark. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really got to make the time to get out and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see um, Dave, who who did the first episode with. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just always working out on some beach somewhere and i'm like god you're, you're so you're so yeah man that dude looks fit <laughs> so you're a better human than i am like <laughs> yeah um, he's got the life for sure yeah like i mean it's pretty sunny out today but as you said i will then go to the studio until the sun has probably gone in but oh well yeah. that's fine <laughs> I'm jealous that you're surrounded by so many creative people that you can bounce off and be inspired by and inspire at the same time, you know? For sure. I think that that's one of the reasons why I love London. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm lucky to have, to have grown up here and, and um, it's that area that I mentioned earlier, Brick Lane and, and Shoreditch and all that, there's, there's such, they've got a lot of friends that are around there or own businesses around there or um, definitely that. That, that that side of London is is sort of um, design and makers and you know even the vintage stores like the people that you see that are running those they're they're very knowledgeable about things and so you can take a lot of inspiration from the stuff they've collected. There's some great stores that have um, you know a lot of workwear from the 40s and 50s, you know French workwear, American military wear, like and it all informs you know, what you might choose to put on a hat at some point, right? 
or, or mm. even even if you were doing a even if I was doing a shoot like what am I gonna put what clothing am I gonna put that person in to to, to kind of make it stand out or whatever so I'm definitely glad that I have that I am in in London yeah for sure mm. yeah oh yeah <laughs> but I'll take a beach I'll take a beach though like <laughs> <laughs> yeah just kind of combine the two together yeah. be perfect we should we'll do it like mm. a swap um we'll do a swap for a month or something you can come you'll you come here and I'll, I'll go over there right <laughs> sounds good yeah we'll do an exchange yeah <laughs> do you have a favorite hat that you've made um do i have a favorite hat that i've made i w- there's there's uh there's one there's one that i made for um there's a couple that that you make and they're roughly your size or your size and you stare at it when it's done and you think i wish i could keep that <laughs> there's that's happened a few times <laughs> definitely that's happened a few times mm. and you're almost tempted to like put it on your head and see how it looks something right um um but there was one that i did for um the bass player from gorillas and he um it was a it was one of my favorites because of the process that we went through to get there there he has um a, a, a quite a large amount of dreads on that he wears up in a like a high ponytail almost mm-hmm. and i saw that he was a hat wearer anyway and the hat was sort of i was really intrigued as to how the hat would would fit or how he wore them because it's you know it was a lot a lot of, of dreads yeah exactly <laughs> um so when it came to that, it was we had to figure out a way to, although he measured it at this size, it would have to be this size, and how he wore it on his head, it was sort of perched at an angle, and I have no idea how they stay on when he's playing on stage or anything, but <laughs> yeah, that was, he, he had, um, his favorite hat at the time was this like re- repro western hat with a big open crown. Um, so we wanted to do something a little bit different and we ended up with this like asymmetrical crown that sort of dipped from one side and had the pinch almost running down the side. So it was totally different to anything that I'd ever done. Um, there was like leather on the brim and stuff and we, we just kept, like he came to the studio and we just kept pulling stuff out and adding it. Like it was like Charlie, Charlie, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Like, <laughs> chocolate factory. Putting things on there. Um, so that was, that was really fun just cause I think it, it took me out of my comfort zone a little bit, um, mm. of what I would have, I definitely would never have suggested that for like a crown shape. Um, but I'm glad that we went with it in the end because it's, it's definitely unique. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds cool. Did you have to make it like a super extra large to, to fit with the dreads? Um, it, we ended up being a, it wasn't super exciting. It ended up being like a 60, 62 and a half or something like that. So not super big. Yeah. yeah. I've done a 64 before. Yeah. Is, How'd you go with the sweatband? Just about fit. <laughs> I didn't have, a, I didn't have a 64 block because why would I at that, at that point? Like, yeah. you know, I'm not going to make that many of them. I still have it to this day. Um, but the guy, the, this guy, he wasn't. He he was he was a German guy, but and and he was very tall. But he didn't look he didn't look big. Like, and I measured mm. his head because I thought he'd measured it wrong. 
I was like, oh, no, you do have a you do have a sixty four centimeter head. <laughs> Apparently, he'd been all over when he goes away on business. He'd been to like Texas, to you know, the those like fancy hat stores, and they'd quoted him like two thousand dollars for a six just to, just for a basic hat, but in sixty for sixty four centimeters. Um, so he just never found one. And I was like, well, no wonder you've got a sixty four centimeter head. <laughs> You're not going to pick one one of those up at the store. So he he. He actually paid to have a block made uh, in '64, which was which was good. I've still got it, so um, yeah. Handy. He has to come. So I. Yeah. <laughs> so anyone who wants a '64 centimeter size yeah. hat, just give you a call, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. And he has to. He's got. He's got to come back to me when he wants the when he wants the next one. So. <laughs> yeah. Customer for life. What's the What's the biggest hat you've done? <clears throat> About a '64, yeah. '65. Yeah. 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 And then had to kind of extend the sweatband. All oh, right. How did you do that? Like, mm. uh... I just kind of uh, put like a, an insert in, mm. like just cut off a little bit from another one mm. and just extended a little bit. Yeah. Had two lots of stitching. Did you? How yeah. did, did you? Did you manage to still get like a decent brim width out of that one? It's because I suppose by the time. Yeah, I think a maximum of about three and a half inches. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you really couldn't do that if you didn't have a, like a Western felt to begin with, right? I like yeah. just wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. If you had a little dress weight felt, you wouldn't even uh, get it down it's to the like brake line. Rip, in it, you know? Or even got to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done that. I've ripped a Western weight felt before. Is that right? Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how I managed that. I was pulling it down, <clears throat> and the that the on the brim it just went like that and just did a massive rip and I was like oh Jesus um, still don't really know how that happened but luckily I had another one in that particular colour but this one it still lives in the studio somewhere I just turned it into yeah. this like weird like a grizzly bear and attacked it sort of thing look, that's what... <laughs> so you're able to salvage it I mean no one's going to wear it but it still lives in the studio somewhere I, I couldn't bring myself to throw it away but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people um, like, well, you know how they make those two tone hats or, or split oh, yeah. down the middle and they stitch them up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It depends I, how much you tear it, I guess. I've never tried. I would be really nervous, especially the ones that go down the middle. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be really nervous that I'd mess it up or I'd, or the brim would be like this far off and you'd be so annoyed yeah. for the rest of time. Like, or maybe do you cut the brim? I don't know. Would you cut, would you cut the brim afterwards? I don't know. I don't know. Not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not going to try I'll it. find out. I'm not going to try it anytime yeah. soon. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And do you have any uh, favorite hat makers? That you look at or follow, or oh, there's a guy called Jack. He's all right. he's pretty good. <laughs> um, Every, everyone has to say that. that has been everyone's. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll send. I'll send you the check in the mail. Thanks, mate. <laughs> um, I, no, but for, for honestly, hundred percent, you've definitely been one of the guys that's that's been on on my list radar, whatever you want to say. Um, as you know what, as well as Dave, to be fair, like the stuff that he does is really cool. And it's, it's, I think it's fair to say that it's quite, it's quite different from my style and your style, Pat. I think, you know, mm. 
in the stuff that he's doing. Yeah, Dave's got his embroidery Dave's got stuff. Some is, stuff. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like it's so good. Um, and then also, I've always really liked um, uh, Alexander Westwood as well. Mm. I haven't seen yeah, his big wide brims. Yeah, I haven't seen too much of him lately on on online. I know that's a stupid thing to say because it's just an Instagram account, but um, but I really enjoy the stuff that he does. Like it feels really authentic. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, yeah, like the those like super wide brim tall crowns. Like they always look so they always look so good. Like the silhouettes that look great. Um, same with Cody and uh, Wellerman Hatco. Oh, Wellerman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those. I mean that sort of that traditional very clean um really enjoy his stuff um and then uh i think uh colby as well i guess the agent mm-hmm. hat he's really yeah. cool um i think he's just like the way he presents himself as well he's just just like i don't know i imagine him being this really larger than life character yeah, I'd love to go down south and yeah, like just, chase alligators with him or yeah, something, you know, like, like the swamps. Yeah, there was a picture the other day and he was with this guy in the shop and he had this like wizard's hat on. I'm like, what's going on down there? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, there's there's definitely some, some. I mean, in this, in, this in, in, in the UK as well, we have um, people like Philip Tracy and, and Stephen Jones, who are the milliners too, like, the royal family and and or you know they've they've been like knighted and stuff for their services to wow. the millinery and, and whatnot so some of the stuff they do is 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 crazy and it again it's a it's, it's obviously different to what to the majority of their stuff to, to what we do um goes down a slightly different path but yeah some mm. like their craft is insane like it's i could never do what they do with all the you know head head pieces and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But you're number one, Jack. You're number yeah. one. Oh, <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks. <laughs> you guys have um a really like old company over there called Lock and Co. or something. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, it's the oldest hat shop in the world. Um, mm. they I'm not sure how old. Maybe I think it's we're talking like at least three hundred years. I think. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, a couple of hundred for um, sure. It's not far from. Yeah, it's pretty. Easy. It's pretty. It's not far from Buckingham Palace, which makes sense because they were the guys that this is how I how I've known it that they invented the bowler hat, um, right. and it was originally whoever whatever whoever the king was at the time. Um, they he they needed when they went riding out the horses. They his people crew I don't know needed um, servants yes <laughs> they needed hats to ride with but they but they still wanted them to look you know um regal. presentable yeah exactly so their lock and co came up with the with the bowler hat and that's why they're so stiff um okay that, that, that's that's a little that's a little gem there from that but yeah they, they've been going for <laughs> but yeah they've got the royal like crest above the store as well and it's like a super old school looking shop from the outside and you you go in and they're all like nicely presented and um you can kind of see down the corridor um there's all the hat boxes like lined up going down it's all very it's it's a really cool cool store and actually around the corner from them um there's a a company called herbert johnson 
Mm-hmm. They made the Indiana Jones hat. They were the guys that that did that. Um, uh, so yeah, they're still in London. And they'll still they they still make them now, so you can get your own like indie hat commissioned, and they'll make the same one that he wore. And obviously, doesn't look as beaten up as his, but yeah, it comes in like a <laughs> yeah box. And, yeah, so yeah, we cool. you know it's around. We've got all this hat history like still here in London. Um, yeah, yeah. Just trying, to, just trying to be a part of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you'll be knighted in the near future. Oh, God, you're <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, that's, that's the, like, getting a store is one of those things I can't really imagine. I don't know if you've ever played with the idea of, of getting a physical space anywhere, but it seems like the most daunting thing ever, and I get asked about it quite a bit. Do you have a store? Can I come and see the whatever, you know? Mm. So you can come to the studio. It's a bit, you know, it's kind of small, but you're very welcome <laughs> to come. And but yeah, the, a physical store seems um, like a scary thing to do. I don't know. I don't know your thoughts. Is that something that could be on the cards, or something that you'd like to do? Really, I, you know, I think if it ever was, then it would be. It would. It it would be the making space as well. It wouldn't just be a a, a standalone retail. I'd have to combine that with whether it be working out the back. Or, or physically seeing it there in the store as well. Um, I think that would have to be it. Um, because for sure, the, the other stores that we just spoke about, that's not visible. I think in Lock & Co, it's upstairs where they work and stuff. So um, I think it would be really cool to have somewhere that people can see it going on at the same time. Um, and just yeah. get blasted with steam as they come in. Or, you know, they walk <laughs> past and the hat suddenly burst into flames or whatever but yeah 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 i think that would be great i think the hardest part would be um trying to make and then deal with customers at the same time like i'd probably never get anything done oh yeah 100 percent. you'd really need some staff yeah oh and that's like a whole especially in london as well like tourist central isn't it so you'd get hopefully you would get a lot of people coming in but yeah and then hiring staff would be a whole another (laughs) yeah Oh God, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Already sounds like a headache. Business is hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do you love most about hat making? <laughs> um, going back, I think going back to when when a custom hat's being made and getting getting to find out all these little gems that about the person that you're making it for. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways is that you are making this thing for this person that only they will have. And it, it hopefully it means something to them, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they've got something stamped in the sweatband, like a little message or something, Mm. or, They've given me a piece of fabric that belonged to whoever, um, and they want it on the hat. I think those are the, that's the thing that I love most about hat making is that you get to physically end up with something that that person will will hopefully wear for a long time, um, and that and also the fact that it started from nothing in a way. The bare materials. I think that's I think that's a really pleasing thing. I think that's probably why for most of us, correct me if I'm wrong, but like 
we like the fact that we start with these individual things and we physically make something and end up with it at the end. I think I think that's one of the most satisfying things ever to say that that we can that we can like produce something at the end of it almost. And it's yeah, you know, it's like wearable art, I guess. At the end of the day, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that you can uh, make something and you can kind of see the result within a few days, you know, mm. whereas <clears throat> if you're building something or you're a, an artist working with oils, it might take weeks mm. or months before you see the final result. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like even, yeah, even down to um, tailoring, I guess as well, like you'd have so many callbacks to for fittings and, and it, you know, it could take months or, you know, um, but you know, we can, relatively speaking we can get something done quicker than than perhaps other other areas of fashion but um okay. but it will last longer you know potentially <laughs> depends, what, <laughs> depends where you go with the hat but yeah <laughs> and have you had any nightmare uh stories or customers um i don't think i've i, I haven't had any i haven't had any nightmare customers no and i there's, there's sometimes there's just things that people ask that through no one's fault, it's just not possible what they're asking to be made or, or can it be made of this material or something? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is the same for yourself, but I've had a few people message me on Instagram saying, I really like your hats. Um, <clears throat> can I just ask or confirm what they're made from because I'm a vegan or, or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you go down that, that route. And, and, um, I think I'm always like very up for having the conversation as to why we use the materials that we do. I think mm -hmm. it's important to, 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 to tell people the reasons why. Um, but sometimes it's quite difficult and, I, I personally, I wouldn't make a hat out of wool because the, the quality is just not there for me. Um, yeah. There was a point where I did suggest it to to someone who had messaged saying, I'm a vegan, so I can't eat I wouldn't be able to get a rabbit felt hat. And they were like, well, I don't wear wool either. And I was like, well, I really don't know what I'm going to do at this point. <laughs> I guess you could have a straw hat or something, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's that that's always a bit tricky trying to navigate something like that. But we, there's nothing, there's no like man-made fiber that is is good, right? Like we haven't, you can't make a hat out of. I don't know. I don't know what it would be. Acrylic. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's any man-made fibers that are good for the environment well, compared 100%. to like yeah. using rabbits or beaver. Exactly. Like you know, one of the main things that I say to people is that we use this because this hat will potentially last you 35, 40 years, mm. much like I've just proved with those Western hats that I picked up, the felts are absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, yes, the sweatband needs replacing. Yes, it needs a bit of a clean, but they're still fine. And you just wouldn't get that with, with anything if you're making it with materials or anything less than than and great so i think that's an important thing to say but no nightmares yeah <laughs> yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's good let's keep it that way yeah <laughs> 
Um, and is there something that you know now uh, that you wish you knew in the beginning? Um, patience, I think. <laughs> patience that this, like, I would, you know, I would, I didn't go into this knowing that, or thinking, sorry, that it, I'd get to the standard that I wanted to quickly. I wasn't, I didn't think that, but I think just the patience to having to repeat the processes that we do so much that it becomes that some of it becomes like a second nature almost. And and knowing that every time that you block a hat and then put the sweatband in, when you get to that stage and you've got like the skeleton of the hat, it is up to standard like every single time. And I think that's, mm -hmm. that's, I wish I'd known that and hadn't tried to rush through things maybe at the start or, or settle for the fact that, oh, that sweatband doesn't really fit quite as well as it could, but I'll just go with it because I want to, I want to just finish the hat and stuff like that. So I think for sure, like appreciating that the, the craft of it. And to, to me, that's like, you can have, it can look like the craziest hat ever. Great. Um, or you can put a $2,000 crystal necklace around it if you want. Great. Mm -hmm. But if at the heart of the hat, the brake line is uneven or the sweatband doesn't fit or like the brim isn't perfectly cut, then for me, that's not, you know, that's not what a hat is. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Get, get that bit right and then go from there. Yeah. Do the rest. Yeah. Do you do you ever see in other people's work little things that maybe you might have done before that they miss, you know, that they could improve? Is there any like pet peeves? I think I think I think um like I am I am a perfectionist, like hundred percent. And I think when it comes to stuff like the fitting of sweatbands and and also like ribbon work as well. Um mm -hmm. I almost uh, hundred percent you do not have to put ribbons on a hat if you don't want to but if you are going to do it then i think i really think take the time to understand you know why the ribbons curved why we why you would perhaps do the, attach the bow this way or whatever way there's a, you know there's a few ways to do it but you know mm -hmm. you if you're going to do a ribbon make sure it looks clean right like at the end of the day like no gaps or anything like that but um there's definitely some times that I've seen people put up some work where I feel like they need to have a bit of, uh, maybe you need to go back to drawing board in terms of the ribbon work maybe. But I mean, that's maybe that's just me being the perfectionist, but you know, I, I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do you, I, maybe, maybe you agree. I, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the. I look at my own work and, and think the exact same. What, really? <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I have I um, I think for me when I found out about using for rules in sweatbands mm -hmm. and how and how to really put a sweatband in, mm -hmm. I feel like that made a, made a big difference to my work. Mm. Yeah, or how I felt about it anyway. Yeah, I think for a while I was doing like um, put, putting the sweatband in. Same as you, I don't have one of the um, Singer machines to to put the sweatband in. I stitch it in my hand. So, um, and for a while I was, I wasn't like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it. Like 
doing like sort of lipping it over so that the fit is mm-hmm. you know what I mean so and I was almost putting the sweatband sort of flush to the brake line like that and that's not yeah. and that's not an accurate fit is it so you're you're losing that amount of of size and it took me like ages to like figure out like I'm making this hat I'm blocking it a size up like it's like I'm supposed to and and I'm still it's still not fitting you know and it was just just stuff like that but yeah, and then you turn the corner and you think, oh, okay, well, I need to do it like this. And, you know, so, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, it's, I'm so guilty of doing a bunch of dodgy sweatbands to start with. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, and, and ribbon work. Like, geez, like, look at, like, the... Go back to, like, the first photos I ever posted. It's, like, the first ribbon I did. It's, it's like... I'm pretty sure I almost like attempted to like glue it onto the hat because I was like, why is there a gap? You know, <laughs> just stuff like that, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we learned. I'm too scared to go that far back and look at my stuff. Um, I don't know what I'm, um, yeah. I feel like if I delete it, people were going to be like, why did you delete that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's suspicious, <laughs> but yeah, it's good to, it's good to see the, like the journey that for yourself that you've, that you've gone through. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Just watch your own evolution. Yeah. 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 I'll do a I'll I'll do a half and half hat soon. One day. <laughs> or I don't know. What you, co- what colours would you use? Or, um <laughs> two that are quite similar so you wouldn't notice as much. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not like a cream and black or anything like that. That's too obvious if it goes wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I've never done an overwell either. A bit scared to do that. I don't know. Yeah. No one's asked for it yet. I hope they don't. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, like, you never, you, there's always stuff to learn, right? There's, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm always trying to figure out the next thing that I can, that I can perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. So what's uh, the future plans for you? Um, make, make more hats. <laughs> um, get better. Um, I would like to, there's a, there's a real resurgence. It's been happening for a while, but of, of independent stores in London and some really well curated thought out stores. Um, I'd really like to jump into that and, and get some of the hats in those sort of stores, talk to the people that own the stores face to face. And and I think that's really important. Um, cause you know the ones that are near me. They really appreciate what's gone in their what's in their stores, and they they choose them for a reason. So I'd like to do a bit more of that and get the hats a bit more spread out into stores. Um, yeah, that move obviously moving away from customs at that point, but the customs are still going to be the number one thing. <clears throat> and um, maybe yeah, maybe do another maybe do a collection i don't know we'll see <laughs> so, yeah it terrifies me a little bit but or maybe a collection that appears in a store and then that's yeah. you know you do a certain amount and then that's that's it um that's it yeah. limited edition yeah yeah exactly yeah and then you yeah. know i guess that's it i guess that, that's definitely a selling point as well isn't it like for the the brand that i did before we made 12 and that was all there was ever going to be of them so, and I, I, that's quite nice. It's quite definitive and it, it's just another thing for people to know, well, once that's gone, I'm not going to get another one. Yeah. And they sold out. So it worked. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> yeah. 
That's that's what matters yeah. in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd like. To, and uh, sorry, guys. I, I think I'd like to um, maybe travel around a little bit more now that um, yeah, now that maybe traveling is a little bit more freeing than it has been the last few years. I'd definitely like to go and meet some other hat makers. I know that um, like Blakesby went on his little trip to America, didn't he? And, and met a couple of guys. Yeah. I, think, I think that'd be really cool just to like hang out and yeah. You guys are a bit far away for a quick trip, but. <laughs> yeah, you've already been here and done that. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe hop over to the US or, or there's a couple guys in Italy that I know as well. So maybe it'd be nice to just, just hang out and, and um, mm-hmm. keep the community up. Because I think that's important. You've definitely got the community over in Australia. I was, you know, yeah. I was I was part of it for a bit, and I don't feel like we have that as much here, which is a bit of a shame. But I'm hopefully I'm trying to trying to get it going in the same way. So yeah, yeah, bring it all together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, do you have any final thoughts or little tips you want to share before we go? Um. Any tips? <laughs> so your sweat words of wisdom. So your sweat patterns <laughs> properly, kids. Um, no. Um, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think like if it's if 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 this is something that you feel like you want to go into, then take the time to to learn as much as you can about it. I know that's fair. I know it must sound obvious, but for sure, like do your research. Why do you want to do this? Like, <laughs> yeah, please ask yourself why. Um, and. Uh, yeah, just try and get as much like knowledge as you can about it before you start making. I think that's really important to like immerse yourself in it for sure, because um, it's a craft at the end of the day. You know, it's a it's a it's a specialist craft, so it's important. And um, yeah, that that hat I did for the bass player on the on the inside, we wrote "kindness is timeless." So that's like a little thing that I. Mm. I really that really resonated with me. So yeah, be kind. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's an important time to be kind to everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for, for sure, hundred sure. percent. Oh man, I forgot to ask. Oh, yeah. Where did the name Sierra and South come from? Oh, uh, <laughs> um, at the time, so so Sierra as like I've always been. Even though I grew up in London, I've always been a bit of a cowboy kid. So that sort of Sierra Nevada desert, that the imagery that it conjures up, um, I've always just the word itself. I've always loved how it sounded as well. Um, as strange as that is, and then I knew for the brand name that I wanted it to, to alliterate. Um, so I, I wanted something, something and something. Mm-hmm. At the time, I knew that I was going to move to Australia. Oh, well, you can't get much more south than that. So, <laughs> so I was like Sierra and South, and it fitted really nicely. So yeah, I, yeah, maybe it does kind of bring those two worlds together a little bit as well, which is which is, and then me in the middle from London. So I, I it works in my mind. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Absolutely, flows. It rolls off the tongue quite easy. Yeah, quite nice yeah. Thing. Also, I, I just haven't got one of those names to as a brand name do you know what I mean I'd like yeah I always thought if I was like a footballer it wouldn't sound right but when you say that there's just some names at work right when you say them out loud but I just I don't know but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no Sierra and South is great Thanks. <laughs> 
So if people want to find uh, you online, where can they check your work out? Um, Instagram's the best place. Yeah, Sierra and South, the word. Um, that's that's the that's the best place to do it. I did have a website for a little bit, but it's so much of my traffic went through Instagram. I just thought for now I'll concentrate on that. Um, or you can email me at Sierra and South Hats at gmail.com if you want. But yeah, find me on, find me on Instagram. We'll have a chat. Yeah, Instagram. <laughs> Yes. Beautiful. Mate, well, uh, thank you for coming on to the show. It's been great chatting with you and getting to know you a bit better. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Like, as I said before, this is like such a, this is a really cool thing just to get different hat makers on and just chat for for an hour or so. I think it's really cool. So I'm I'm glad that you got me on. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for coming. It's great (laughs) to to get to know you a bit better. All right, brother. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, have a good day, mate. Well, that wraps up this week's podcast with Matt Kitto. You can check out his work on Instagram at Sierra and South or contact him via email at Sierra and South Hats at gmail.com. My name is Jack and I'm a hat maker at Creatures of the Wild Unknown, so you can check out my work there. If you want to keep up with what's next on the show, give us a follow at Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Maybe even a little rating or review. Five stars would be very nice. Thank you very much. I've got some more shows lined up very soon. My wife Mia is just about to give birth, so they could be a little intermittent, but we'll do our best to get them out to you as soon as possible. So until then, thank you for listening. Stay well and keep on hatting.